All right, fam. We we good? Amen. We good? All right. Ryan, with all that beautiful plan about to make me cry over here. Figures like let me let me get up get up here and move forward for everybody's face get wet. <laughs> but um it is that time for uh for the words. So uh hope you got your got your Bibles or your phone or, or however it is that you that you're going to uh to do it today. A little bit uh a little bit of a different style today. Um I think that uh it's, it's fitting for everything that's that's happened today up to this point anyway um with, with how the lord has has visited us and uh this this word it just kind of fit more to to kind of fireside chat it not so much yell at you i did that last week so you know if if you, if you missed that you can just go to the archives and, and, and check that check that out um go for it graced for this it was, a, it was a powerful time in in the presence of the lord but um this week i got greatly challenged um in in studying and, and getting prepared for for today it was a um a real gut check for for me and a, a, a real challenge from the spirit of god for me so um you know me, it's only fitting that if I get hit, then I got to come and pass it along so that so that we uh, together can can be growing. We're still in. Uh, we're still in. Go for it. We're, we're, we're still talking along the lines of um, what it is to pursue uh, who God has called me to be, pursue uh, the desires that God has placed in my heart and not just let them uh be these ideals and these ideas that rest within me and that I could probably give good coffee shop talk about if, if, if I'm in the right space with the right people with the right uh, food in front of me or something like that I can, I can talk about it but uh, if I got honest with myself I hadn't been really making a whole lot of steps in my actual life moving toward the the fruition and and this actually coming to pass in something that's real and tangible so that so that's what we've been talking about uh in in this series that, that, that god wants you to to go for it wants you to go for it we got the name out of the uh the scripture of peter walking on the water and the passion translation says that the lord responded to peter when peter said if, if it's you bid me to come the lord literally said go for it go for it and that's what that's what we've been uh, hanging out at for the past few weeks, and uh, this this will be the the next installment because th this this is is a good place to park this this next subject that we're about to talk about because this can be uh, a deterrent from me being able to go for it. This can be something that uh, can can stop and uh, halt the progress of me actually going for it and we've all tasted it to some degree and hence why it's, it's probably going to dig in, in everybody's mail a little bit as as we're talking about it because the uh, our subject that i'm having for today is dangerous comfort dangerous comfort 
I am massively attracted to comfort because that's just how I'm built as a person. Yet, if I get too attached, if it gets too good, if I stay too long, it can be the downfall of progressing forward and going forward because for me to go for it, there is some level of discomfort that I'm always going to have to have. And if I'm married to comfort too much, if I'm married to comfort uh, at, at, the, at the risk of going for it and at the risk of me growing into the fullness of who it is that God's called me to be, then that can be a dangerous thing. So dangerous comfort. We're going to, uh, there's a scripture that I'm going to pull out. I guarantee the majority of us, if not all of us, have never even seen this scripture. I don't know. There's some Bible scholars out there, you might have seen it. I, I never saw it. So when I heard about it, I was like, this is crazy. I didn't even know that this was, that this was in the Bible. I've been reading this book for a long time. And I, and I didn't know this was in there. But you might have seen it. But um, we're going to go to, uh, it's, it's a minor prophet. You might not even know the book. The book of Zephaniah. So that's, that's Old Testament, but that's in the minor prophet section. So Zephaniah. Most of us got technology-type uh, Bibles anyway, so you just have to just scroll and find the name. Zephaniah. So we're going to go to Zephaniah chapter 1, looking at verse, looking at verse 12. But before we uh, jump further into that, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to you for your goodness, so grateful to you for your presence, so grateful to you that you are uh, ever leaning toward us. Last week, we learned one of the definitions of grace from the original language is that, that you are ever inclined to bless and be near your people, and we're grateful for that. And this time that we've come to where the word is about to be uh, shared and expounded on, we're asking Holy Spirit that you would do what it is that you do best. You're the greatest teacher that man has ever known. No one does it better than you. You just have this unique way of giving us all what we need from all hearing the same thing. We are asking, Lord, for a space to be made for that to happen. We submit ourselves to your counsel uh, over these next few moments. We're asking to be challenged, instructed, corrected, inspired, comforted, yet challenged in, in the danger that can lurk uh, within the subtlety of comfort. And we know, Lord, that we're about to be transformed from what, it, from what it is that is about to be said. And I thank you that everyone, including the one holding the microphone, is about to walk away strengthened and empowered by what it is that you are saying and that you are speaking to us. And it's in the matchless name of Jesus we pray. Somebody shout amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. So, go for it dangerous comfort mm. let's go to um let's go ahead and jump in the book let's get to uh zephaniah chapter 1 verse 12 if you hadn't found it yet you can just look at the screen because it's it's up there but uh so zephaniah is is a, a minor prophet in in the old testament and this this was a book that was pretty much just full of judgments just just to give some synopsis this was full. Uh, it's a book full of judgments of, of the different things that uh, the Lord was not pleased with, and and what what was about to happen with the children of Israel based off of of the di 
displeasure that he had uh, at, at that time. But there's a, there's a particular verse in, in the first chapter that is going to be the springboard for, for what it is that, that we're about to talk about for the next few moments. Verse 12, and it shall come to pass at that time that I, the Lord, will search Jerusalem with candles and punish men that are settled on their leaves that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. That, that phrase, settled on their lees, is, is where we're trying to pull and extract from. But we're going to look at it in a couple other translations. So this is the King James Version. Uh, Punish men that are settled on their lees, that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Now this is the NIV. At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. Last one. King, New King James Version. Shall come to pass in that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Did you catch a theme with all of these? Settled in complacency. Or let's give a modern translation. Who got comfortable. <laughs> the, the Lord said he, he was coming specifically on a search, on a manhunt to find people who had settled on their lees or settled on dregs. That, that word lees or dregs that we got from uh, NIV lees from the King James Version, th those are wine terms that when wine becomes fermented, lees and dregs are, are, the part, are the part of the wine that settles to the bottom that nobody wants. It's, 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 it literally means, those terms literally mean the, wor the most worthless part of something or the most worthless parts of something. And the Lord is, des is describing people who have settled in complacency as someone that has come to a point within their life where they have settled in a sense to where there is nothing that is of worth around them anymore. There's nothing of worth that is within them anymore. The, the most worthless parts are parts of something. So God took issue with people settling internally as if there was nothing more within them or as if there was nothing more at all. And how many times within my life can I get stuck and comfortable in a routine that if I step on the outside and look into it, it can honestly say, I can honestly say of myself, I'm not really going after anything. I've just settled into my routine. I've settled into the comfort. I've settled on my lees. And these people got to a point to where it started to affect their heart to where they made a confession that God is nothing. God doesn't exist. God's not going to do good or evil. We really don't have to worry about it either way because God, God is, not, is not around. And the Lord had an issue. With that, which, which shows us for the conversation today that I've got to be watchful on the comfortability that I, that I allow within my life. It's not that God doesn't want me comfortable. 
It's not that God, not that God wants me tense and, and always in fight mode and always in some sense of stress. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. What, what I'm talking about with this is that I've got to make sure that I'm not settling too much into comfort because comfort does, whether we recognize it or not, have a dangerous side to it. Was beautifully talked about in, 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 in uh, our leadership courses over, over the summer in the in the Mondays that we were going through that that if if we're going to shift and transform uh, as far as a leader is concerned shift or transform into becoming more than there that there's a sense of discomfort that I must have myself open to to be able to move move forward into seeing that version of myself and when it comes to going forward and going in the fullness of God and who it is that he's called me to be I've got to recognize that there is no way for me to be able to stay comfortable for me to be able to stay in this pleasantry phase to where I build this comfort zone and be able to acquire at the same time who it is that God's called me to be it's, it's just it's not going to be able to happen so, so the, these people have settled in complacency or, or settled uh, on their leads, settled on the dregs which basically just means there was a massive stagnation that happened within their spirit man, there was a comfort zone that had been built stagnation being no movement or flow for an extended period of time and the question that's asked this morning can I find somewhere in my life to where it's like, yeah, I've seen that. I've been going, I've been moving, I've been going to work, been clocking in, clocking out, paying my bills, feeding the kids, getting them back and forth to practice, doing church. Sunday morning, it's time to go. But in the midst of that, I can actually develop a comfort even in that. And I got movement. I've got movement. I've got things that are happening. I've got busyness. But in the busyness, is it possible that there's a level of comfort that has crept in to where if the voice of God comes and challenges me to redirect or challenges me to shift and to change, I put up a fight? Because I like the flow of the routine. It's quiet, but I, I guess that's because y'all take, taking it in. <laughs> stagnation builds comfort zones which stop the flow of process and when we are being processed by the Lord to develop into who we need to be something that he is going to require is my comfort zone he's going to require my comfort zone Comfort zone being that personal zone where all that matters is my comfort and my ease my comfort, my ease. Now we're going to look, look at uh, Numbers chapter 11 uh, right quick and then jump a few chapters over because I want to uh, pull some, some excerpts out of the life of the children of Israel where we see the, the comfort zone thing work, working against them and causing them to, uh, causing a short circuitry to happen and them working against themselves into acquiring and moving into the promise of God that they've been hearing about for generations. It's one thing to hear about it as a story. Now we're actually on the journey, but because I've come up to some level of discomfort in the journey, we're going to look at somewhere where they cried to go back. I'm crying to go back to something that knowingly is terrible for me, knowingly is actually working against me and wants me to die. 
But at least even in that space, I still found a pillow of some kind. Isn't that amazing? As humanity, how we are built, that even in the worst of situations, we can find a pillow or somewhere for ourselves to rest. You might have seen this in, in somebody that you know is, is in, involved in something that's hurtful to them, involved in the relationship that's hurtful to them. Anybody that's been addicted, I know what it is to be addicted to something of some kind, being in the midst of that myself, knowing that it's dragging me down, yet I can't seem to let go of the pillow. Just can't seem to let go of it. So Numbers chapter 11, let's, uh, let's take a look at it right quick. Numbers chapter 11, uh, verses 4 through 6. This is, uh, so, so this is one of the many episodes where uh, children of Israel are complaining uh, against the Lord, and they, this, is, this is one of the first accounts with that. Now, the mixed multitude who were among them, the people of Israel, yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? Verse 5, check this out. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. That's a lie right there, but anyway. Which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Verse 6, but now our whole being is, dry, is, our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. What I, what I wanted to pull from was, was verse 5. So, so never mind the fact that you basically uh, are property, you're slaves. Egypt does what they want with you, when they want with you, to the degree that they want to with you. You work for no pay. You are massively oppressed, yet still. There was a level of comfort that they, that they drew for and that they yearned for because now they're in another season to where I'm going for this promise that God has spoken to me and going for who it is that he's called me to be. Yet there's a level of discomfort that is in the journey along the way and I really don't want that. So let me go back to the chaos and the terrible structure of yesterday to grab that pillow because it just felt so good. I remember the, the, the fish that I freely got to eat, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. I remember that I, that I got to eat that. Never minding that I, that, that I gave away my life to an oppressive force in order for that to happen. And then this is a lure and a danger that can happen with us within a comfort zone. A comfort zone can build this notion and this, and this mindset that I was better off in it than being in the will of God and submitted to obedience. I was better off there because it just felt much better. I was better off there because it just it made me feel good. I was better off there because, because of this, this sensation that it gave to me. But, the, but all of that which they listed, those cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic, that wasn't free. You weren't as free as you thought. And what's, and what's happening with, with, with this in, in this conversation of the, the Lord requiring the, uh, our comfort zone is he is giving us opportunity to be able to shift perspective on, on how it is that we see it. Because I've got to make sure that, that I don't allow any 
comfort zone or any comfort of any kind to take the place within my heart that belongs to him and belongs to his voice and belongs to what it is that he's saying. Because in order for me to go for it, first of all, I've got to hear what it is that he's saying because only he knows the way. Trusting in him with all my heart, leaning out on my own understanding and all my ways acknowledging him and him doing what? Directing the path. But if you notice, there's nowhere in the scriptures where you're going to find that that path in which he's going to direct has pleasantries all over it. Not guaranteed that. Nevertheless, if I'm still on the path that he chose, even if it has a thorn or two, I'm still better off there then I would be holding on to my binky, if you will. And that what, uh, what's, what's that uh, Charlie Brown character, Lionel? When he the one with the blanket all the time? Linus, Linus, Linus with the, with the binky, with the blanket all the time. Brought a sense of comfort, but he dragged it everywhere. So he's got all this mess and stuff that's covering him and, 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 and disease possibly that he's exposing himself to because he done drugged his binky everywhere. Yet because it's comfortable. I got to keep it around. Would you happen to have a binky of some kind? Now, yes, this, this, can't, this can be a habit of some kind or, or something like that, but, but I want to I challenge us to not just leave it in that sense, do's and don'ts, right and wrong, sin, not sin. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about anything that tries to take residence within your heart within your decision-making capability to where you check with that before you check with God. That's what we're talking about. Because that in, that in itself presents a level of comfort for me. And if I allow that to voice itself before I allow the voice of God to voice itself, then I've got something that, that can be a red flag in my life and that I need to sit myself before the presence of the Lord and receive the correct counsel to make sure that, that that's not something that's, that's happening. So, so we, see, we see with them the comfort zone that at least I, I know this life, I'm familiar with this life, it's not my favorite, but where you're taking me and I don't have a clue of where I'm going, that I'm not really trying to have in comparison to having this, this life that, that I do know about as bad as it might be for me. So from a spiritual sense, those comfort zones like that can be a great threat to our life's calling. Why? Because comfort zones are not designed for the growth. If you ever notice, you don't grow in comfort zone. No one goes to the gym to keep themselves comfortable. And if I'm going with, with the idea that I'm going to grow in muscle, grow in strength, lose weight and get, and get stronger, anything of any kind, it's, it's not going to be something that is, that is a comforting thing for me. I've got to be able to release and let go of the comfort that's there. So, so if, if I'm falling in love with and, and having too much of an embracement to comfort, I'm forfeiting growth. I'm going to forfeit my growth. And for us in the spiritual context, I have no need for faith. None. I have no need for faith in my comfort because I know what's going on. I know what's happening. That's what makes it comfortable. I know. When I know what's happening, when I know what's coming, it has a sense of comfort for me. So therefore, faith is no longer needed. And 
the text told me in Hebrews 11 that without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God. So I got to check myself within, within those comfortable spaces, within the, the, those comfort zones that I've, that I've built within life to give me some sense of uh, comfort and familiarity. I've got to make sure that when it comes to going for it, when it comes to uh, releasing the fullness of God that is within me, that, that I, I submit those comfort zones and submit those things before God because I'm saying to him, I'm not going to allow my comfortability to arrest me and keep me away from who it is that you've called me to be. It's too great. Let me tell you, what's within you and what has been deposited within you as an investment from God is too great for you to hold on to a sense of comfort that keeps you from releasing that in the earth. It's too great and it's too high of a price that's been paid for that to happen. We must make sure that these comfort zones are submitted before God and that they are challenged challenged so that I'm not falling falling prey to them. Comfort zones exist to keep me as far away from pain as possible. But me building an oasis that's pain-free is a place where I have not invited God to be. If I'm building an oasis that's pain-free, if I'm trying if my if my whole goal is to do something that just keeps pain away from me, then I have made a space where God is not invited. God didn't get invited to that party. He didn't get invited to a party where, 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 where the, at least the chance of pain. You realize that you, you, can't, you can't even love without the chance of pain. I can't love, I can't interact, I can't do life with, with, with anything or anybody, including myself. If I'm trying to completely eliminate every chance of pain getting to me. Pain is the indicator that progress is being made. Pain can serve as an indicator that progress is being made and that, and that you are moving forward and that you are progressing, that you are alive, that you have a chance to learn, that you have a chance to, to, to make up from this mistake, that you have a chance to learn from what it was that was done wrong. Pain is there to get to give a lesson. Do you know that, that just scientifically speaking, that when you make a mistake, your brain goes into this rewiring mode to help you learn from what it was that happened? Success doesn't do that. Failure does that. Hardship does that. But, but if, if I stay too married to my comfort zone, I don't even give the rewiring in my brain from a natural sense to be able to have a chance to work in the way that it was designed to work. Got to challenge the comfort zone. Got to challenge the comfort zone because if I'm building an oasis that's pain-free, it is a place where God is not. Pain can serve as an indicator that progress is being made. Comfort zones can be those safe places as well, too, where fear can rise its head and take root to become and, and become a way of life. In the sense of fear starts to speak up and become a navigator in my decisions. This is, this is what I mean by that. When, when you and I have opportunity 
to move forward in what it is that the Lord has spoken to us in the sense of moving forward and going forward, moving forward in the voice of God, moving forward in what it is that he's spoken to me. And I go to the drawing board and I base the decision off of whether I'm going to obey or not as to how comfortable I'm going to be. Red flag. A red flag to where fear has actually crept in with me and is, and is navigating my decisions. If I'm scared of being uncomfortable, if I'm scared of discomfort, if I'm scared of being in a place to where I'm not familiar, being in a room where I don't know what's going on, being in a season of formlessness where I don't know what, what, what's happening around the corner, where my faith has to be extended that the goodness of God is going to go before me and is going to protect me. It's going to be my front guard and going to be my rear guard. Going in the midst of people that, that I don't know. But knowing that my best interest is still kept up because of who it is that, that I'm serving and who I gave my yes to. But, but before I make that decision, if I start assessing whether I'm going to go forward or not based off of how comfortable I'm going to be, then I've slipped into dangerous comfort. I've slipped into dangerous comfort. And in being in dangerous comfort, how in the world am I going to be able to go for it? I can't. I can't go for the fullness of God. I can't go for the fullness of who it is that he's called me to be. If I'm married to this dangerous comfort, feel so good and feel so safe, yet at the same time I'm being played. I'm being tricked. Being tricked and lured away from, what it is, from the decision that I need to make in order to step into the fullness of who it is that, that God's called me to be. I have to watch myself and making sure that I'm not making those decisions based off of how comfortable I'm going to be or the comforts that I'm going to lose in order to get this done. And with that in mind, let's roll to uh, our, next, our next scripture. Just, uh, just, give me, just give me a few more minutes. told you this was going to be fireside chat type of thing. Numbers chapter 13. Where we're going next. Number chapter 13, starting at uh, verse 27. Then we're going to jump over to into uh, Numbers 14. Because this, once again, um, is another excerpt out of, the out of the life of the children of Israel of, or them uh, being on their way uh, to, to acquiring the promised land. Because we, we just seen with, with this verse that, that we read here, that they, like uh, everybody on the planet, as, as I'm moving and progressing into uh, the next, into who it is that, that God's called me to be, because it's, it is an unfamiliar territory and I've never been there, there can be things that, that come up uh, that are filled with pain, filled with discomfort that makes me want to go back to what I know, go back to the familiarity of, of what I had. Yeah, it might have been dysfunctional, but I know it. Yeah, it, 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 it might have been hurtful, but there, there was some level of comfort because I had at least built connections of what is what and who is who. And that brings that sense of comfort that can be dangerous for me in acquiring the fullness of who it is God has called me to be. So let's see that they, ha they have opportunity uh, to, to actually get ready to acquire what it was that the Lord had been promising for generations but because I still got this, this sense of comfort that, I still, that I've just got to have. Let's watch them in, in their decision making. So Numbers chapter uh, 13, uh, verse 27 down to 33. Then they told him uh, and said, we, want, we went to the land 
uh, where you sent us. This is the children of Israel talking to, uh, talking to Moses. So this is actually the, uh, the 12 coming back from spying the land. So 12 go out. They spy the land. They were there for 40 days. They come back. They've given, uh, they're giving Moses a report. Uh, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, or uh, descendants of, of, of giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land on the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the uh, Amorites dwell in the mountains. Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Agnac came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and were, we were in their sight. So cl- classic text. Most, most people know about that. Now let's look at uh, Numbers 14, 1 through 10. So all the congregation, so now they heard this bad report, all the congregation lifted up, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Here we go again with wanting to go back to, because I have come up on some level of discomfort, come up on some level of pain, which is par for the course when I am growing and, and, and maturing and maturating into who it is God has called me to be and what it is he's called me to possess. There will be some level of pain. There will be some level of discomfort. There will be something that you don't like. There's going to be something that rubs you wrong. There's going to be some kind of sandpaper that comes into your life to rub off the rough edges. It's something that we cannot avoid, but what we can avoid is that is, is uh, coming to that desire or agreeing at least, agreeing with the comfort, the dangerous comfort of let's go back. It wasn't this hard back there. Let's go. This, this, this is too much. Oh, that we would have died in the land. Do you hear yourself? Oh, that we would have died in the land of Egypt. Ne- never coming to acquire the fullness of what God said. Never coming to acquire, seeing myself so low based off of comfort. Look at how comfort changed their perspective to where they don't even think they're fit to live. But the subtlety of comfort will never show you that side. That what I'm trying to do is little by little change how you see you. Little by little. Pull away that aspiration in you. No, let's pull that out. You don't need that. Take that break. You you done worked hard. Let's go. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. 
Solomon said that's a recipe for poverty. Don't shoot the messenger now. It's in the book. We have, to, we have to watch the subtlety of comfort because the subtlety of comfort is going to come in to keep me as far away as possible from the fullness of who God has called me to be. Now, this fleshes itself out differently. For, for some of us, it is a, you know, get up, get up early or stay up late kind of thing. You know, it, what, what, what I'm trying to do is just give the warning sign. Of the, of the subtlety of comfort. Where you're going to have to go with this after this is over is you're going to have to go before the Spirit of God and figure out what that looks like in your life. What that looks like with you. What that looks like with me. And what are the things that, that, that have to uh, be, be adjusted? Some of us, we, we, have a, we have a sense of comfort in how we view ourselves. We don't want to view ourselves as greater because we don't want to put more of an expectation on ourselves because we don't want to move forward in the responsibility that it takes to be more. That one was mine for a while. When when a sin necessarily or something that was happening was the fact that my expectation was too low. And I kept giving markers I knew I could hit. I, I, kept, I kept putting the finish line where I knew I could get. But in doing that, I developed a comfort. And then I got challenged. You need to raise it. Because you know that there's more in you. So, transparent moment there. Where, where, where was I with this? Only if we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. So, so if only we weren't here, then we, we would be much better off. Verse 3, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to what? Return to Egypt. Would it not be better for us to just, El John, let's just go back. This, this is too hard. This is too much. This is too unfamiliar. And, and I, I'm, I'm tired of eating this same thing. I'm tired of all the discomforts that are surrounding this. God, you didn't tell us about the LMNOP. You always show us A. You show us Z. Z is so wonderful. But doggone it that in between you say nothing about that. And when I get out here, I'm frustrated. This is too painful. Let's just go back. Return to Egypt. So these people say to one another, let us select the leader. Let's go ahead and just get this done. Let's select the leader and let us return to Egypt. Verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fall on their faces before the, all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. They, but Joshua, the son of Nun, Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, son of uh, Jephthah, uh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes because the Bible lets us know that they were of a different spirit. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. It's everything that God has promised. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which is flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed them, and the Lord is with us. Do not 
feared them. Verse 10, and all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. And that, that's where we're going to stop uh, right there. But what, what I wanted to, to pull out with, with this is just the, uh, the, the report. So the report that's given to them by Joshua and Caleb is one that says uh, in, in, a, in a nutshell, this is something that, that we can do. This is something that, that we are capable uh, of getting done and that we're capable of doing. But it's not going to be comfortable. It's an exceedingly good land. It's everything that God has promised. God didn't lie to us. Everything that he said is there. Everything that he said was going to come to pass, come to pass. Everything that he said that we can do. But we're going to have to let go of this comfort. We're going to have to let go of being comfortable. We're going to have to uh, invite and make space for being uncomfortable in order to acquire this. And those two, Joshua and Caleb, were saying that we're not willing to continue in this pseudo-comfort and abandon who it is that God said that we can be. We, We finally got here. For so long it's been a story, but now that we're finally here, am I going to really choose my comfort over me acquiring what was promised and being able to no longer have it in my head but hold it in my hand? And the space between having it in my head and holding it in my hand sometimes can be what I'm most comfortable with. And be with what I'm having the hardest time stepping over, letting go of, challenging myself to grow from. Because I'm comfortable with it. But another thing that we can pull uh, from this. So, so we, we're able to get this land. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. But as uh, I believe I said it um, in worship transition. That difficulty does not equal impossibility. Something that presents itself as a challenge and presents itself as difficult is not saying that it is impossible. Just says that there's there's some things that are going to have to be done and it might take a little bit more for this to be accomplished rather than something that would be uh, touted or looked at as easier. And with that in mind, if there's if there's no element of impossibility involved in what it is that we're doing, can we honestly say that God is involved? That, that, was, that was the issue with me setting the bar so low for myself. Can I honestly say that I got that from God if the bar is so low that I can get there by myself? I, I can't. If there's no level of impossibility that's been introduced, you, you got to have some level of, of impossibility in your go for it. Your go for it should not be something that you can reach on your own. If it is, that was birth from you. That was not birth from God. That was birth for me. Anytime God is calling me to grow up, to go, to go for this, uh, he, he, say, he said it to Joshua later on. I didn't put this in here, but when Moses died, he turns to Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now it's your turn. It, impossible task. I've gone from serving the man who did this to now you're saying it is my role to do that. Can't make that one by myself. 
can't make that one by myself. I'm having another transparent moment up here. You no longer need to be in Greenville. You need to go and do this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. Say what? You need to move. And if, and if you don't do it off of what I'm saying, I'll let you know that it's me. What did I do? I need another sign, Lord. That this is you. I just need another one. I hear you, but got some comforts that I have developed here. I like them. They're good to me. They're taking care of need. Look at how your, your comfort can answer questions. Your comfort can, can be handling a legitimate need within your life, yet can still be a danger. Can still be a danger. It's, it's taking care of a need, a legit need that I had. It was taking care of it, yet at the same time, it was robbing me of life because it was a dangerous comfort. To which the Lord calls that well to dry up immediately. And then said, you hear me now? Yes, sir. I got you. Dangerous comfort. While I, I will place comforts in different things within your life, what I will not allow is for that to have a voice over me. Because if there's no level of impossibility that's been added to the equation, then there's no space for God to come in. And show himself strong. And I'm saying to you that it, with it, within the go for it, don't, don't uh, uh, crowd away or crowd back from how impossible it might seem. How vast or how big the vision is. That right there, they, that gives the space for God to be in the mix. God calls people to pick up their bed and walk in their lane. Tells people to purchase and go and prepare yourself to buy and there's no money nowhere that can be grabbed immediately. But in all of that, we know that it's nothing more than a call, a call to obedience. Did you hear what I said? And are you going to move on what I said? Did you hear me? Yeah? Okay. So why are you still here? I know it's tight. I know it's tight. Just, just hold on in there. We almost done. Going after our comfort zones is God going after our predictability, which means that I must yield my trust even when I have no point of reference. Points of reference are full of comfort because I know or can expect to know what's going to happen. This, this, this revelation was, was big for me. This, this came from a, pre, a preacher I was listening to. Talk about this. Said so, so God goes after predictability when he's going out the comfort zones because a comfort zone can only be a comfort zone because I can predict what's going on. I can predict what's happening. I, I know this. So it makes me comfortable with it. I know it. So when God goes after that within our life, he's going after that to go after that predictability because when I'm in a place to where I, for too long, have been flowing to where everything is predictable, I can start to slide into the place of boredom. 
I think we all, if, if you look at, you ever looked at your life or been, been in a season where it's like, man, this is so routine. This is so boring. This is so, I feel like something more should be happening right now, but I've just got the flow of what, what I do throughout the week and everything like that. But let me submit this to you. It is impossible, impossible to be led of the spirit of God and be bored at the same time. Which says to me that if I am dealing with this internal anxiety and inner conflict of boredom, there's somewhere that I have gotten off track of being led by him. There's, there's, there's somewhere that, that I have gotten off track where the leadership of the Spirit of God is no longer the compass that I'm being guided by, which must mean by default, here it is, brace yourself, I'm being led by what's comfortable to me. <laughs> I told you these were gut punches. They hurt me too. I'm being led by what's comfortable to me. And, and I have been seduced into thinking that I'm being led by the Spirit. When in reality, it's that doggone binky that I keep dragging around. That, that I have developed a comfort in the sense that it is predictable. I know what's up. I know what's going on. I know what to expect. But when I know what to expect too much, I subject myself to the possibility of boredom, which is what? The emotional and mental drain we experience as humans when we stay out of pursuit mode too long. When I'm no longer pursuing, when I'm no longer going after, when I'm no longer trying to capture I was born to pursue and be, being led of the Spirit. When, when you listen to how the Bible uh, talks about the, the leadership of the Spirit or what it is to live a Spirit-filled life, it uses language like being led, which means that he has to be in front. I am behind and that there's this navigation in which he's going and whatever move he makes, that's the move that I make. There's no boredom in that when it comes to the, when it comes to the Spirit of God. But if, but if there's something that's happening within me that's actually serving as like a, a check engine light, that's a warning sign. When I'm, when I'm dealing with the, the inner anxiety or there's something more, I'm dealing with boredom within my life. That is, that is a flashing red warning, check engine light. If there's something under the hood that you need to check. And if, and if you don't, you won't pick up the message that's, that's being given to you, which is there's somewhere you've stopped pursuing. There, there, there's somewhere that, that you're not pursuing. And I'm, I'm going to give you this quote and, and then a few more things and then I'm done. This is a quote uh, from, from that uh, pastor that was speaking that message. When, when God-given potential is no longer being challenged because of dull, monotonous routine, you can become disinterested, indifferent, and begin to experience a drain in energy that produces a lack of luster in performance. And, watch this, a dangerous desire for irrational adventure. Dangerous desire for irrational adventure. You start experimenting in areas that you were not born to go into. 
you start to crave and an appetite starts to be developed for that which is unhealthy to the soul. All because you're bored. But boredom serves as that check engine light that, all right, Lord, there's, there's somewhere that, that I'm not pursuing like, like I should. There's, there's somewhere I done got real comfortable and I need to be shaken. And that's the challenge for today of asking the question, where is it? Where is it that I've gotten just amazingly comfortable? And you know what? It, it, it could be so subtle that you don't even recognize it. This is why you got to go before the Spirit of God and have him highlight this right here. We need to talk. And you know, you know what's going to happen at first? You probably kick up a fight. No, Lord, I, I'm not comfortable there. See what that happened was. I know you and I are kind of built alike. No, Lord, that, that ain't that ain't comfort. It's just the way I do it. No, Lord, that ain't comfort. I'm just I'm just introverted. I just like my time. That's not that's not comfort. I just I I like I like this job. I know I could do more, but I, I like this job. God's coming for the comfort zone. He's coming for the comfort zone. Not for the purpose of watching me squeal and be uncomfortable. It's because I know there's more. I know there's more in you. I know there's levels to yourself that you are not tapping into. You're not even scratching the surface of. And because I put you in the earth for an assignment and you're not just here to take up space, there's some things that we got to shake up a little bit. There's some things that we got to shake up a little bit for the purpose of getting you in a place to where you're more trusting of me place where you're more submitted to my voice than you are the comforts that you build around yourself where, where you're more hungry for what it is that I have to say and who it is that I've called you to be than you are the, the snuggle comfort of this is good and I know what's going to happen next do you know that there's a promise that there's something that God wants to get to us that your eye hadn't seen, that your ear hasn't heard, hadn't even entered into your heart. See, most of the time we, we say that and we say it with a shout and we should, but when you dig into that, if it's something I haven't seen, I've never heard of it, it's never even entered into my heart for me to even build a framework around it. Most of us, when we get into an environment like that, we are uncomfortable. And that's a description of a blessing of God. The most humans in that kind of environment, we get uncomfortable. And so we, we have to get to a place to where we gain a sense of comfort in being uncomfortable. That, that I'm okay with having a sense of formlessness as often as the Lord wants me to have it. 
because he didn't want me getting into a space of dangerous comfort. There's more in you. And if we're going to go for it, we've got to be willing to submit those comfort zones so that God can pull out of us the fullness, the absolute fullness of who it is that he's called us to be. Come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate the word. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and rest on your feet. And if you would, uh, just lift your hands. Let me, let me bless you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, establish you, give you peace. I pray that you have been challenged by the dangerous comforts that can lurk within your life. But no reason to fear. We know that our God is a consuming fire and we know that our God has our best interests in mind. And we thank you, Lord, for taking this word, causing it to marinate within us so that we can be watchful and we will be watchful, have a watchful eye for those comforts that might slip into a dangerous place because we want to make sure that the kingdom is coming and your will is being done in our lives as it has been said and declared in heaven. This is our prayer, and we thank you for this time together, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Thank you so much for uh, joining on with us online. We will see you next week. Love you.